Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Post, who's here with me on the West Coast this time again. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Hi, Scott. Hi, everybody. Hello, West Coast peeps. Thanks for being here live. (laughs) And uh, while everything else is going on, the turmoil and the fatigue and the stress, at least you got good weather. Exactly. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. (laughs) <laughs> well, we, we've got, uh, I, I know we've got a big topic today because it's road mapping for 2020 and yes. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be teaching people some uh, tips and tricks plus going through four of the 12 life domain areas because we, we don't have time to go through all of them. Uh, but be, before we jump into that, uh, obviously, Michelle, you are still uh, going through uh I'm not even quite sure what to call it, but the grief, among yeah. other things, of the passing of your dad. Yes. Um, anything you want to share with our listeners as to what's going on that can help them with their own stuff that's happening? Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about how, if you didn't know how physical grief is or what your friends may be going through or your coworkers might be going through, there really is what's called grief brain. And it's this foggy, foggy brain where you can't handle too much information going in and you sometimes jumble all the information going out. And so people need things in writing. They repeat things. I repeat things. If you find yourself going through this, just level with people, use that assertiveness tool of leveling with people like, Hey, I got a little grief brain going on. I'm sorry if I'm not clearly communicating. So to all of you out there listening right now, Scott, I give you full permission today. If I say something confusing, stop and ask me to clarify, because that is definitely my grief brain where I use the wrong words in the wrong place all the time. And then for those of you that have someone in your life who's who's grieving, it lasts a good three months after the death. There's so much going on lots of information, even like simple requests can be so overwhelming for me. Like, can you tell me the address of the funeral home again? And I just, you know, like even me looking up the website address again and sharing with someone else adds another 15 minutes to what already seems like no, no brain space. Right. So um, I also wanted to say that if you do know somebody who's grieving a year ago, two years ago, a few months ago, that's the time to check in on them. Don't worry about being there in the first few days or hours. That's helpful, but definitely check in on them because it's the years and months after the death of somebody close, when people stop asking them about their loved one and how they're doing and you know how they're adjusting that really become lonely and isolating. So I often will check in on my friends, you know, three months later, two years later, I don't need anybody in the first three days. I I haven't even been able to touch my grief 
mostly in the first three days to a month. So any of you doing grief work, it's really, really important to do the long haul work uh, of grief. Michelle, what, what, what happens? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've mentioned three months and that, and you've just said a year and, mm-hmm. and you've even extended it to maybe two. What happens when the grief doesn't seem to dissipate? Um, at that point, is it mm-hmm. professional help that you recommend or are the, is it just yeah. some, pe- some people, I, I call it, you know, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer myself. Right. It's like, you know, I, I didn't do much until I was older while people younger than me seem to just get this head start. Right. Um, and I'm presuming that with grief, it's very similar. It's all unique. It's all individualized. It is. And yet, when does the grieving process if, and I may be using the wrong terminology here, become a problem. Yeah, so uh, I would say that it becomes a problem when it becomes a problem in the ways that you're functioning. Like if you are not able to return to work after a prolonged period of time, if you're no longer taking care of your hygiene or your self-care after two to three months, you you really... I mean, I'm a big proponent of a grief support group. Most of us don't need therapy, but we need a very good support group of people that just get us. So if you don't have a lot of friends in your life or family members that grieve together, that's one of your biggest resources. We used to sit and wear black for a year and grieve together. Oh, I just saw a thumbs up from somebody listening. So get a support group online or in person, number one, and then get a therapist that has to shut up and listen to you no matter how many times you repeat yourself because your friends, sometimes they struggle. They're like, oh, you're repeating yourself, right? Well, you need to repeat yourself if you're grieving. So get a therapist whose job it is to, to walk with you and witness your grief process that's long-term. And then if you're really having like nightmares and flashbacks and PTSD symptoms, you really got to be conscious of your traumatic symptoms and get some EMDR or a trauma therapist or someone to help you work through trauma symptoms and get your fight or flight reset and get that post-traumatic growth going, which I think is our topic next week. There's an interesting (laughs) thing. And and I, we've got about 10 minutes here where we can chat about this because I do find the whole process fascinating, giving some of the personal experiences that I've had and some of the people Mm -hmm. uh, that contemporaries who've passed away and then working with, you know, or being around spouses or significant others, my age going through that type of grief, for example, many of us have uh, aging parents and one or the other has passed away. And so we, we work with that. At what point is, and maybe there never is, because I know that intervention does not work with addictions, for example, it's not, mm. not statistically, you can hope all you want, but statistically, it's not the best way to handle that. Is there something like grief intervention? If you see mm-hmm. a loved one or what, or friend or family member going through for a prolonged period of time, essentially they become permanent and stationary in their grief. Mm. Well, I don't, I mean, I think having a conversation with the people that that person loves and just share with them, you know, we're concerned about you and we want to know if there's anything we can do to care for you. And we found a couple of different therapists that we know specialize in grief and we want to make sure you have those resources. Just 
just don't assume the person isn't already connected and that maybe after a year or two years that there's something wrong with you. And that's not the case. We grieve so, an so, entire lifetime. So you, you, you went kind of alien on me, probably because you're sitting Did in I? an Airstream trailer. Okay. I'm not, you don't even get to blame uh, grief brain on this. It was tech. It would just, if you'll just repeat, I was tech. If you just repeat what you just said. Yeah. So yes, you can get some friends together and say, Hey, you, you know, we're concerned about the level of support that you have. And we found these great grief resources. I'm not sure if you already have them and just share openly your love for that person, but don't presume they're not already getting support and that you're the one that has it wrong in terms of your expectation for what grief looks like, because grief is long and it doesn't end after three months or five years. You know, we have markers for the rest of our life, but is the person mostly functioning independently, taking care of their hygiene, getting themselves fed. Now you're not talking about an emergency situation like you would per se with somebody who has hit their bottom in addiction and is losing their job and losing their home. You know, when we see uh, life functioning dropping, you're in an emergency setting, no matter what the cause is, right? Grief, addiction, what, whatever, other types of mental health concerns or just emotional reactions. But most grief, we have it so wrong. We think that if the person has a crying spurt at the 10-year anniversary or something that, oh, they're still grieving. Yes. When your parent dies, you don't get another parent you will grieve the rest of your life. When your child dies, even if you have other children, you don't replace that child. That is a lifelong process. But are they functional? You know, and then assume that, you know, maybe they do have support and you're the one that needs something like, uh, uh, I, I don't get paid by them, but uh, grief.coach is a text message system where you as a supporter of somebody grieving can get text messages once in a while to teach you how to be a better support to yeah. the person grieving. you know. Um, and then all grievers are different, right? So I don't need a lot of touchy feely stuff because I have a great support system. I have a wonderful partner. I have great friends. I have friends who are therapists, uh, but I definitely have had to apologize to my friends who are even therapists because I can't show up for their normal life issues like I normally can. I just don't have the bandwidth. And so I recognize like I'm kind of a selfish friend right now. And hopefully I have a long enough history with my friends that they love me and, you know, we'll, we'll know I'll get through this and I'll come back to normal at some point. <laughs> uh, so it, one of our listeners wrote a very interesting comment that in her experience, people they just leave. And yeah. this, this kind of goes back to something that I have mentioned before as a result of reading a Neil Gaiman quote. And working with grief and working with people who are grieving is not something they teach us in school. Nope. And not so even I, I, ministers we, and chaplains and yeah, nurses and, and doctors. And mm -hmm. we've said this, you know, Michelle and I've said this before, just because you have experience and expertise and you've practiced and honed the <laughs> skills that Michelle and I chat about on this show uh -huh. doesn't uh -huh. make it 
you immune from it. Doesn't stop you from collapsing at the end of your dad's funeral and wanting everybody to go away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no and, matter and, how much you love them. <laughs> and so one of the things that that in fact we're going to chat about as we move into the topic today, but it's coming up with better skills for moving through the struggles that mm -hmm. seem to be put on you. And so mm -hmm. I'm curious, Michelle, it, and if it's too early to answer this question, mm -hmm. say that. Um, okay. I, I certainly respect that. But even as early and as new as this is for you right now, mm -hmm. how, how do you think it will change your grief coaching and counseling skills with others? Well, I have a real literal sense of physically not enjoying strangers trying to comfort me. So that's fascinating. I would say, yeah. you know, let the griever come to you. You don't need to try to give them a bunch of statements, right? Oh, even uh, my friend sent me flowers and when they arrived, they died. They were dead. And I called Amazon because they came through Amazon. And I said, I don't normally do this, but I just can't have dead flowers for my dead dad. It just feels wrong. And so like the guy helped me out and he's like, okay, we don't normally return the blah, blah, blah. And he's helping me, he's helping me. But it turned into a whole story about all the people in his life who oh, had yeah. died. And I was like, I, I can't handle in the first few months of a griever's life. This is why we tell them don't go to a group. We can't handle other people's grief. We have to be self-focused because there's too much business going on just to, to get through a grocery store visit and not act like a crazy maniac falling down on the floor. Because sometimes I fantasize about, you know, I see dad's root beer on the shelf and I just want to lay down on the grocery store floor and start crying and I don't want to get arrested. And so I keep it together. I keep my shit together till I get out to the car and I have my little meltdown in private because yeah. I'm kind of a private person. But that's my point is like, we can't handle a lot the first few months. So it's reinforced for me. The follow-up care needs to start like three months later when they get through the business, unless you're going to offer practical help, like my friends that have helped with cleanup and planning receptions and calling people for me and researching exterminators. And, you know, like all these practical things have been super helpful. So offer practical stuff as well, not just the, you know, hugs and stuff. I love thoughts and prayers. Keep them coming they don't get my mom's house cleaned out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, with, with, with that, given, given time constraints, and I yeah. appreciate everything you've just said, it's a great, sure, sure. A, a, kind of a great tie-in for, you know, today's topic. Today's topic is road mapping for 2022. And, you know, I don't know about the rest of you. I brought this up as a, as a topic for Michelle, because look, frankly, yep. 2020 sucked. Yep. 2021 sucks not even much more better. frankly it's not much better and and you know i've i've done i've done my thing i've sat back and go wait a minute you know it if 2020 was bad okay 2020 was bad 2021 not so great now i'm beginning to wonder of course is it 2022 me? and now is it 2022 me? yeah so mm -hmm. uh and i've moved out of that and and what i want to start with sharing with everybody is first of all two tools 
that we have no affiliation with on this show, uh, you can certainly do what I'm going to suggest for you in uh, a handwritten journal. But I find these tools that, that are digital to be the most effective way okay. of doing this road mapping we're going to chat about. Uh, and I happen to use a program called Asana, A-S-A-N-A. -A -A. I have mentioned this before. Uh, there is a free version of this that in, as individuals, that's all you need for what we're going to talk about today. A-S-A-N-A. Mm. -A -A. Uh, the other one is Trello, probably more well-known. Uh, however, Trello is not normally known for being used in the way that we're going to chat about today. With both Asana and Trello, what you're looking for is the board function, not B-O-R-E-D, the B-O-A-R-D. Uh, you're going to create, <laughs> they're going to create boards. And these are no different, by the way, than using index cards okay. for the different segments of your life. Uh, so if you want to do this in an analog way, handwriting, you can take a journal, take two blank pages in your journal and for today, split it in four categories. Uh, now, I, I want to back up that I'm going to be offering ideas in four categories, but there are actually 12 life domains that I use when I coach with people. And so we only have time for four of them. But you can you can extrapolate this and take it beyond that if you want. And if you want to kind of delve into some of these, go back to that episode that we talked about the cabinet of advisors, and you'll hear me talk about the 12 life domains there, mm -hmm. just not in a road mapping uh, context. The way I use road mapping is based on the foundational premise that most of us create to do lists, or aspiration lists, or want lists, to get the fucking list done. Yep. And it's then true. we don't do I have shit. lists galore. And then we don't do shit about it. Well, I'm doing a lot of shit about it, but you're right. Some things don't get done. <laughs> yeah. And and so the 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 idea here, and I'm being really blunt about it. The uh -huh. idea here is a roadmap is a map that is it's designed different. to take you from one place to another. Beautiful. Much like we've chatted about uh, with GPS. And I've mentioned this before. GPS in your car does not work. Unless, number one, it knows where you are. True. It does not work unless you tell it where you want to go. Yep. And it does not work if you don't stay on the freaking route. That's <laughs> true. Wait, does she does, get mad when, she, uh, when you're off route? Turn. Turn here. Turn. Recal recalibrating. <laughs> and, and I've always loved mine, my, mine in particular uh, happens to very politely tell me to make a U-turn when it's safe to do so. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so again, with those concepts in mind, the other thing, and I've never really chatted about this before. I've done it with some of my, you know, with my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, but not in a group setting like this. For me, road mapping is more than simply putting down your aspirations and your visions and your goals. It is, I'm going to get poetic on you. Um, it, it's, it's a concept of making decisions about how you want to be happy. That's a, that's a biggie there because now we're getting down and dirty on the, the mechanics, the logistics. How do you want to be happy? And where do you want your heart to live? Mm. 
So I want you to notes furiously. So I want you to think about that. It's where do you want your heart to live in 2022? And the reason I say that is because we, and we've chatted about this from a neuroscience standpoint before, our brain does a thing called value tagging. And it's part value of that. Tagging. Whole, okay. And it's part of that whole concept of we notice and do and appreciate and act on the things we pay attention to. And so road mapping is also a better way to pay attention to where you want your heart to live. Um, And I said this uh, in the vision boarding class that I did last weekend, you want a roadmap in this, in the, the way we're using it here to look at you and say, I want you to be happy. When you look at your roadmap, that's what you want it saying back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is, this is not a passive thing. You want to look at this roadmap and say, this is kind of cool. And it, it begins with, if we're going to figure out where you are right now, I mean, we know it, it probably doesn't take a brain surgeon to ask any of you what's not working in your life right now. What do you want different? Where are the problems? Where are you suffering, et cetera? Uh, I think one of the most powerful questions that you can ask yourself, it's actually not a question, it's a fill in the blank. And it is, for those of you that remember the uh, Create Your Own Adventure books, mm-hmm. it's much like that. And okay. I invite you to start the calibration with a very simple fill in the blank. Wouldn't it be nice if... Mm-hmm. So for 2022, wouldn't it be nice if, and you get to be unleashed here, be outrageous, be over the top, be bold, be defiant, be rebellious. You pick it, right? I've got, you know, most of the people I work with are infinitely restless, be restless. Wouldn't it be nice if, and I actually have one of those Kahir notebooks, they're, they're moleskins, but they're like really thin. And you, mm-hmm. carry, you can carry them anywhere with you. And I actually, it's nothing but a wouldn't it be nice notebook. That's what it's dedicated to. Okay. And in it, all the stuff that wouldn't it be nice goes down there. Wouldn't it be nice if you were a billionaire? Wouldn't it be nice if you had, I was watching Billions last night, a, a, a Maserati given to you as a gift. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be nice if I had great health? Wouldn't it be nice, you know, some people have seen my... Uh, my mentor heroes, cabinet of advisors pictures, and they know Tim McGraw's on it. Wouldn't it be nice if I had a physique like Tim McGraw uh, after, you know, all that he went through, wouldn't it be nice if uh, I'm, I'm pulling things out of the air here. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody in my family got along, wouldn't it be nice if um, somebody handed me $10 million and nobody had to die in order for that to happen. Wouldn't it be, I always qualify them by the way, because be careful what you wish for. Uh-huh. Uh, so it begins with, wouldn't it be nice if, and I am asking you do not be realistic at this point. These are okay. not, this is Dream. not realism. This, uh-huh. it, this is, uh, you know, the, the BHAG concept, big, hairy, audacious goals. This is, wouldn't it be nice if I could burn the bridges, go out and have a TV show. Wouldn't it be 
and again, I'm just making stuff up thinking of the different audience people that we have uh, listening to us, you pick it. Uh, as simple as, wouldn't it be nice if I could pay the electricity bill? Wouldn't it be nice if I could feed my family? Wouldn't it be mm -hmm. nice if, uh, again, you fill in the blanks. The idea is take five minutes, take 10 minutes. There are no constraints on this. It's not a competition. You're not going to show it to anybody. So the whole concept of roadmapping starts with what the hell do you want? Where, where is it that you want to go? Now, I, I want to qualify this. And I'm going to give you a lot of foundation behind road mapping. The road mapping is actually quite simple. It's understanding why you're going to put on the roadmap what you put on it. And I, I have a fundamental belief here that, that what keeps us stuck in fear and frustration and fatigue, the things that keep us stuck in these places that are disempowering and suboptimal uh, are four myths. M-Y-T-H-S. Every time I say that, by the way, I keep thinking of the Jim Henson uh, the, the show where every time somebody said that's a myth, I think it was Miss Piggy would come on and go, yes, um, myth, <laughs> M-Y-T-H, not miss, M-I-S-S, M-Y-T-H. Miss Piggy. And there are, wouldn't it be nice if mosquitoes decided not to bite me in the middle of yes! our show? Yes, yeah. yes. So I let, thought let, mosquitoes were only in Jacksonville, but nope, they no. found me in Lakewood, Southern California too. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, I'm not going to get into these, these new ankle <laughs> Wouldn't biter Wouldn't it be things. nice? If... Wouldn't it be nice? Um, so here, here are the four myths that I think will keep you stuck or stalled or stopped or stagnant. Um, and it's that fear-based concept. The fear is what's keeping you from not doing what you want, not living up to your aspirations for 2022 at any time. First of all, it's the myth, <laughs> of, it's the myth of separation. That's the first myth. And that is, and by the way, the degree of your fear and anxiety is yeah. directly proportional to your belief in what, what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Your belief in these four myths will dictate the amount of fear and struggle in your life. Number one, the myth of separation. And that is based on, you know, every, I think people have heard me talk about the Ho'oponopono concept uh, and the, you know, my little at zero, there is no story. Oneness is a foundation for everything that I do. The fact that even if you use the whole red string out of Kabbalah, that we are all connected, that we all have these things that, that tie us together and that you are not separate from everybody else. As much as you would like to be an island, as much as you would like to shut down, as much as you would like to insulate yourself, as much as you want to build walls, as much as you want to circle the wagons, the more you want to do that, the greater the fear and the struggle, the greater the fear and the anxiety, the greater the fear and the worry. The more you think you are not part of humanity, the more exasperated this becomes. That's the first myth. The second myth is attachment. Now, many of you who follow Zen Buddhism and, and some of the other uh, Eastern practices know that the root of all suffering is noted to be attachment. Yes. Um, you know, the, the reality- well, it makes sense. I mean, even in grief, right? If I Absolutely. wasn't attached to my dad, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss him. I wouldn't be grieving. Yeah. And so think about all the things 
And by the way, another way of looking at attachment, what are the rules that you keep thinking are being violated and you get incensed about? Well, so-and-so should have done that. Well, so-and-so should have done this. The the myth of shoulds, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, it's not my line, but are you shooting all over yourself? Right. Albert Actually, Ellis. maybe maybe we'll have to rename the podcast "Keeping Your Shoulds Together." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keeping your shoulds out. <laughs> so the myth myth of separation is when the myth of attachment is number two. The myth of time. Now, th- there's a biggie for me, right? I think people have heard me say before that I have always felt like I'm running out of time. My entire life, from the, the it's one of the earliest thoughts that I've ever had. I'm running out of time. I got to get things done. One of the things that has led to fear and angst and struggle for me, which in turn, by the way, been very Mm -hmm. empowering, which has lit a fire under my behind to get things done quicker and better and faster than I might otherwise have been. Because frankly, how many of you are just lazy? And you're lazy because you believe you have time. One of the greatest myths you can tell yourself is that you have time. Well, the converse of that is actually also true. It's now Scott's myth that I'm running out of time. Yeah. Rather than simply saying everything happens to every, to every purpose, right? There's a, there's a time. Yes. Everything, there's a time and the season and, you know, we can go through all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe things are happening when, where, and as they are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That is not an excuse for inaction, Mm -hmm. but it is a difference that if you are highly driven and think you're running out of time or lazy because you think you've got all the time, mm-hmm. both of those extremes will stand in the way of you achieving your goals. So none of, none, none of these are designed, by the way, as excuses not to get shit done. This is all about performance and making things happen. Mm-hmm. And, and then the final myth, believe it or not, is purpose. So many people that I've coached come in with, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what the hell I'm doing Yeah. with a belief that that purpose is supposed to have been dumped in their lap or magically appear for them, or they wake up one morning and they just have a calling, right? You know, not all of you have a calling. And Mm. if you don't have a calling that that's not a problem. I I happen to actually have, again, a fundamental belief you don't need to know your purpose. If you do, wonderful. I can, uh-huh. help, I can help you discover, develop, design a purpose. But the purpose isn't the issue. It's what right. you do. It's what you do every day. It's right. what you do when you wake up to create value, to make the world a better place, to be kind to yourself, be kind to others, uh, and to create quote, those connections. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when people are so wrapped up in, I don't know what my purpose is, and then it becomes an ego-driven exercise or construct that will create fear and anxiety. Whenever your ego gets in the way with your purpose, you will be afraid, you will struggle. And by the way, this is when you get into the fear of missing out scarcity and posture concepts. So I'm throwing these out at you again, to the extent that you have the belief in that you are separate from others to the belief that you are attached to certain things to the to the extent that you believe you're either running out of time or you've got all the time in the world 
Uh, and to the extent that you believe you've got to be given a purpose, a sign, somebody show me that I'm doing things right. Mm -hmm. uh, before I do anything, you will have fear and anxiety and worry and stress. Mm -hmm. um, the way around all of those, by the way, is exactly what we're going to talk about right now. And that's road mapping. And so once you take these, these myths into account and you start saying, hey, wouldn't it be nice if, wouldn't it be nice if someone handed me $10 million this week <laughs> without anybody dying to get it to me, right? So somebody uh -huh, said, here's $10 million. I don't really don't care how it comes with the exception of someone dying, right? Mm -hmm, I don't care mm -hmm. how it comes. Mm -hmm, wouldn't mm -hmm. it be nice? Um, mm -hmm. to, the ex to the extent that I have myths attached to that, wouldn't it be nice? It's going to be a struggle to get. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking for are ways to break through the myths that you have for yourself or the, a way to create this roadmap as a way to light a fire under your behind because we want to move towards happiness and away from fear and struggle and angst and worry. So it's that old pain, pleasure, you know, duality. You want to move mm -hmm. towards pleasure and move away from pain. You identify your pain by asking yourself, what am I attached to? What don't I feel connected to? Um, you know, what do I think I'm running out of time to accomplish? You can call it what's reasonable and what isn't. You know, if I, if, for example, by the way, wouldn't it be nice if I could walk on the moon next week? <laughs> I'd love that, right? But is that reasonable? It's not, it's, <laughs> it's not going to happen for anybody. Um, and then purpose. Do am I am I simply waiting for the right time? And there is no right time. Just do this stuff. So it starts with, wouldn't it be nice if you brainstorm, get all that out. Now, in a sauna and in or Trello or a program similar to that, or on a piece of paper, or even on index cards, which is by the way, if I was going to do it uh, terrestrially, I would do it on index cards. Okay. Uh, because you can move them around and you can, I would take the index cards and turn them so that they create four columns. Huh? But again, the, the digital versions, uh, I happen to do all of mine in Asana. I've been doing them for quite a few years now. And I create a, I literally it's called Roadmap for 2022, Roadmap for 2021, Roadmap for 2019. And then you create columns and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about four of the life domains built around uh, my more concept, M-O-R-E, right? Do you want more in your life? I think everybody can answer yes. Everybody wants more in their life. So it's money, opportunities, relationships, and energy. And what we're going <laughs> to... I'm muting because there's a gardener outside the Airstream, but I'm here. Um. Been there, done that. So no, no problem, Michelle. So you're, you're going to take the four life domains, money, opportunity, relationships, and energy. Let me explain them real quickly. Uh, they are the four basic, I think, the, the four real fundamental. If you get nothing else out of doing a roadmap for 2022, these are the four things that must be there. Money does not necessarily mean I want $10 million deposited in my account in a week without anybody having to die to get it to me. Okay, that's not what that necessarily means. Money can also mean wealth. It also is built around the concept that money is a tool. When you talk to the super wealthy, 
it's not, it's not, it's just a tool to them. It's another way of creating better options for themselves. Now that's not to discount the fact that some of you need to pay an electrical bill or you have got to buy groceries. It's not to discount any of that. It's to at least understand that money is more than simply that. Now, in, in your particular cases, if you know, paying the electrical bill is the issue that needs to happen, okay. Creating a different revenue stream, that's actually part of this too. So when I say money, it's because I get to use M out of more. It's, it was a nice catchphrase, but it means wealth. It means possessions. It means the things around you that are tangible, that essentially become a functional equivalent of the barter system. What are you exchanging? Money is an energy exchange, right? And, we, and we've chatted about, Michelle and I've actually chatted about this many times, you know, even when we do coaching and, and counseling and the like, it, there's something to be said about the exchange. You don't just give everything for free because it's then undervalued and underappreciated. So there's the, the exchange rate. You want to put a column for that. The second column is opportunities. And that is exactly what it means. What are your options? Uh, I, I will reinforce something that I said, I think, in our home retreat, Michelle, and that is you do not want to be in a dilemma situation. Dilemmas cause you to give knee-jerk reactions and to react to other people's dreams. Other people, by the way, are doing exactly what I'm telling you about right now. They're out doing this. And if you don't create a roadmap, you will then be doomed to live their roadmap. So we want to be very proactive and create your roadmap. And that is to take you out of the dilemma trap, which is two options. Either or is a dilemma. Do I let this happen? Do I let that happen? I have to pick from only two is a dilemma. When you give yourself at least one more choice and you've got three options, then you've moved out of the dilemma phase. There are dilemmas don't exist at three. Dilemmas exist at two. All or nothing, right? It, it's, it's, you don't want that. Now, the interesting thing is how these all interplay with each other. And you're going to start seeing this when you start filling out your roadmap. And that is your opportunities will be directly related to your money column. And it will be directly related to the other two and similar with each one of these columns. The question becomes, as we start going through all this, how do you get better options? Because giving yourself better options then necessarily allows you to make better choices. And, and it was really eye-opening. I can't remember which show that I saw. It was a, a lady, you know, the haves and the have-nots. Uh, the one lady was talking to her childhood friend and the childhood friend who was a have-not was really complaining uh, to her have friend and they were talking about how they made different choices in life and the have friend said I made better choices and the have not friend said no you didn't you just had better options from which to choose I made right. the same choices mm -hmm. where I was. Yep. And so that's a big distinction that I want all of you to think about. Mm -hmm. 
how do we position you into better options? The better choices will take care of themselves. I mean, that just that's a matter of another show, perhaps, but that's a that's a different show about clarity and focus and action mm -hmm. allow you to make better decisions. And it's all still based on better options. So you figure out your options, your opportunities, and then ask yourself, what would this look like? I'm going to use a bit, some catchphrases from today's world. I don't like them, but I'm going to use them because they make sense. You, you take those and you, what would this be, you know, at two times that? 2x. What would it be 5x? And the biggie today is 10x. What would that look like 10x? And you're going to do this with all the columns, by the way. You take all these columns, write them down, but you're not going to stop there. You're going to look at it and go, okay, here's my roadmap for 2022. What if I 2x'd it, 5x'd it, and 10x'd it? What if you actually really did dream big for 2022? Um, after opportunities, you now have relationships. This can be everything from sex to deep and lasting connections with friends. These can be sporadic, but they are the connections that we have with others. Relationships. Um, no man is an island is the old saying, right? Yeah. Uh, this goes back to those of you who are my hermits in the audience who want to, you know, I, I look at the hermit card who want to take and walk away from the world <laughs> and leave it all behind them and go into a cave. Mm-hmm. To a certain degree, that's a fear response. And when you remove yourself from society, I'm going to start questioning which myth are you telling yourself, if not all of them, separation, attachment, time, uh, and purpose. Mm -hmm. Because I'll go back to the old uh, Alan Watts concept. You didn't come into this world. You came out of it. Ah, you from were, last week. Yeah, you were a flower blooming from the tree of life. The flowers don't come into the tree. They come out of it. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> fall from the tree, okay, but you don't have to. So that, that's the whole concept of relationships and connection. And then finally, there's energy. And energy is quite simply your health. What is it that you've got going on both physically and emotionally? And this, be, this can require, by the way, quite a, a self-awareness and a self-assessment uh, because I think some of us candidly are oblivious to our energy levels. Some of us discount things, we excuse them. And I happen to know that there are people listening to this show who I don't want to deal with it right now. I'll just put it off by, for later. I'll put a bandaid over it or the rug. Now you're in you're the time myth. I got time to deal with this later. I don't have time to deal with this now. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you don't give your attention to your energy, it's going to bite you in the butt at some point. Right. And then you will be at some point in your life saying, if I only had another day, you know, I want you to be that person. And I don't remember who said the quote. I want you to be that person that slides into home plate, battered and dirty and filthy, and you slid <laughs> into home plate and you go, boy, what a game. Uh -huh. And 
this is where the, this whole concept of road mapping for 2022 is designed to make you ecstatic, not content. So what you're going to do now, you've started with the, the calibration of where you are. That is, wouldn't it be nice if? Yeah. These are all the things you want, right? Right. Then I want you to fine tune it down. I would like to walk on the moon next week. It's not going to wind up in my roadmap for 2022. But I might have my money, my opportunities, my relationships, and my energy goals on there. So for example, and I just use me as a quick example, 2022, um, I've got a new exercise uh, routine that I'm doing. I want to become an expert at uh, rope flow. And I won't even get into what rope flow is for you guys, but it, it, okay. it's, it's my little way of combining jump roping with meditation and ninja stuff, right? So I get to do my little warrior stuff. It's called rope flow. Uh -huh. I, you know, there's a very practical thing where I can go through and say, I've got one. I know how to do it. I've been doing it. No, for 2022, I want to be an expert at this because it helps me feel good. It helps me do my core exercises. It's fun. It's meditative. That's why it's called flow. Um, it's, it, it literally puts you into this zone while you're doing it. And frankly, it's one of the coolest things that I could do other than working with swords or nunchucks. It's very, mar <laughs> it's very, mar it's very martial arts. So imagine taking a jump rope, for example, uh -huh. but you're using the jump rope as nunchucks instead and going through all these routines. And if you do that for 30 minutes, I guarantee you'll be sore. Um, and it's, it's just crazy. That would show up on my energy goals for 2022. Mm -hmm. Completely doable. These are the things that when I look at my roadmap for 2022, they smile back at me. <laughs> and that's the, that's the test here. So you've got the, wouldn't it be nice? And you take from the, wouldn't it be nice? Because you've brain dumped onto however many pages that is. And now you start fine tuning it. Okay, now we're going to start with money. Of the, wouldn't it be nice goals? What do I want to really achieve? I don't want to set myself up for failure. So I'm going to put things down that are outside my comfort zone or that push me a little bit beyond where I'm at or that excite me and motivate me. I'm going to take the wouldn't it be nice money goals and plug them in to the column either on Asana or Trello, or you're going to handwrite them down. Wouldn't it be nice? You know, I just pull things out of the air again here. Wouldn't it be nice if I made $10,000 a week? Mm -hmm. That's my revenue. I, I'm not asking how. We're mm -hmm. asking what. The, it, these are our actual goals. They are not aspirations. They're not you know, this wish list, they're not things you write down. These are things you're going to hold yourself accountable for. Now, the beauty, by the way, of Asana and Trello is you can assign due dates on your columns and your individual items. And it will tell you when you don't meet the goal. Uh, so it's basically a self uh, accountable project as well. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, I'm going to make a couple suggestions for you. Number one, in our, our group here, post your goals. Tell us what your due dates are. We'll hold you accountable. Uh, number two, you can do that in my Most Magical Secret Facebook group. A lot of people mm -hmm. do that there. And, you know, get a group of people around you. Hey, 
I want to be an expert at rope flow, an expert, not proficient. I'm proficient now. I want to be a freaking expert. I want you to be able to see this. I want this for myself, but I want you to be able to look at this and go, he's a freaking ninja with this thing. It's a rope. <laughs> and I wouldn't get near him with a gun if he was around me with this rope, right? That's the, it, it's that kind of movement. I happen to know enough about myself that I'm not the most graceful guy until I practice something. <laughs> I'm clumsy. I was horrible in sports because of that. Uh-huh. Kind of geeky. And it's like, I it, somehow it just takes me a while to get the right left brain coordination. When mm-hmm. I do, it's there. I want that kind of thing. And I'm going to keep saying, I know what that looks like. I know what that feels like when it's, when it's all syncing up. Now I want it to be muscle memory and I want it to just flow. Um, you know, for your opportunities, do you want a new job? Do you want to expand your job? Do you want no job? By the way, you're still going to be doing things. The opportunities does not necessarily mean a career. Um, I'm actually working with some people right now who are going through transitions. They're retiring. And they don't know what the hell that means. Mm-hmm. What, what does not working actually mean? Because for so long, the, these people that I'm working with have associated work with value. Money means value. Mm-hmm. And having gone through this myself, uh, it, it's easy for me to chat to them about it. So mm-hmm. opportunities can also mean not working as you normally would think of it just doing things, something of meaning for you, right? Something that, and I usually ask people this question. If you had, if I handed you a million dollars right now, I just give you a million dollars. What would you do every day of your life? Mm -hmm. If I gave you $10 million right now, what would you do every day of your life? Such a good question. It is a great question because it will answer the question about your roadmap for 2022. If I handed you $10 million right now, would you sit around and worry about your money? Right. And there are people that would do that. The money would never be enough. Yeah. No, you gave me 10 million. I need 12. You gave me 12. I need 20. You yeah. gave me 20. I need 25. It's all a competition. It's all, I need more. Um, and that's okay if it's working for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in the, again, the relationships issue, what do you want in your life? You know, many of us actually, Michelle, you and I were chatting about assisted living. Um, yep. And I don't want to get too personal into some of the stuff that you're going through, but it, it's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a different thing. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to say this for all of the four columns I've given everybody here. You know, one of the biggest things um, what's the best way to say this? One of, one of the biggest things I want everybody to realize is that if you want something to happen, uh-huh. you need to wrap your head around the concept that there is an element of our belief system that you cannot learn and you cannot buy. And it's our belief in luck or our disbelief in luck. <laughs> You can't, buy, you can't buy luck Mm-mm. and you can't learn luck. Mm-mm. And to the extent that you say, hey, let's just sit back and let things happen. Um, it, it's going to challenge you in, the, in all of these columns. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have somebody joining us. We're going to say hi to him in a minute. So uh, <laughs> hello, Brian. Uh, I can see you behind that mask. Um, and, and then, you know, ultimately it comes down to energy, which by the way, of the four categories, I saved it for last, but of the four categories, do you need to go to a doctor? Are you ignoring certain things about your health and sweeping them under the rug? Let's get really down and dirty practical. Cause I will tell you when your health is yeah, suffering, the yeah. other three categories don't matter. Yeah. It's a, it, I mean, I've seen this all across the board uh, and Michelle, you and Brian can certainly attest to that with by with, with what you do is mm-hmm. that when people's health is failing and, or not working for them the way they believe it should work, everything else suffers. That's right. So maybe you address that one first. What do you want for 2022 that will give you better improved health? Do you want, you know, I've joked before, Limitless, the movie Limitless, the book Limitless, it was a documentary. You can really achieve these things, uh, particularly those of you who are listening who are hypnotherapists know very well that you can take people and with certain programming, either through hypnosis or NLP scripting, you can create a limitless lifestyle. However, that doesn't change the fact, I use a, a go back to the GPS and car analogy, you know, I, I drive a car at some point, at some point, the mechanic is going to tell me, you know, it's time to lift up the radiator cap and drive a new car <laughs> under it. Uh-huh. We go to mechanics. So if you need to go to a, a person mechanic, call them a doctor, call them a holistic healer. I don't, you know, whoever works for you, but give some attention to the, to the automobile that you're driving down this highway. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've rambled on and on, but that the simplest way to roadmap uh, for 2022, take these four categories, create boards in Asana or Trello. But first, for, you don't just sit there and brain dump. Here's what I'm going to do. It starts with the wouldn't it be nice. And these are not resolutions. And these are not uh, hope list. And these are not just things that's like, okay, got it done. And I'll give you a good example. I walk into a bookstore. I've said this before. I walk into a bookstore. My wife buys a book and she reads it. I walk mm-hmm. into a bookstore and buy five books mm-hmm. with the intent to read all five of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I know damn well, some of them are still sitting in the to be read list. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. you, that's what you don't want for your roadmap. The mm-hmm. roadmap is you must go on this journey. Mm-hmm. We're, we're moving beyond aspirations. We're going to must And so I'd like to, I mean, I'll leave everybody with that. It's literally must. This is your must map. Okay. But it's not a race. You're not racing against anybody and you're not comparing yourself and you're not competing with anybody but yourself. And that means getting rid of those four myths that you have. The myth that you have enough time, the myth that you, your purpose is going to drop in your lap, um, that, that you have to be all these things attached and connected to you. Not, that's not the people connection. Um, and that myth that you're not part of the human world of the universe, that everybody is separate and you can shut yourself off and go into a cave and walk away from society because you can't, you know, you're going to carry it with you, even yeah. if you're in a cave. Yeah. 
So was that a lot? Was that a lot to dump on everybody today? Went a little bit over. It was a lot to process, but good information. All right. um, Next week. uh, Yeah. Post-traumatic growth. uh, Which I love the term, by the way. And Uh post-traumatic growth is just that. Post-traumatic growth is we've talked about post-traumatic stress, Mm -hmm. but very rarely do we talk about that there can be growth out of the trauma that Mm -hmm. you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so it's how to realize all of that. And maybe again, it'd be a, it's a good time to talk about even grief has lessons, good lessons for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything you want to end on Michelle, or is that a good place? I think that is a good place. I just wanted to, uh, uh, since many of you did, did Brian drop off, he did, didn't he? Bummer. Okay. Well, many of you have have heard me talk about my partner, Brian, who has really helped me through this. So uh, he tried to log on here and say hi really fast. uh, So you could see that he's a real human being and not just my made up snuffleupagus from Sesame Street. Um, (laughs) But I guess I would say it's so important to choose well, your, your partners, your friends, your colleagues. Uh, Don't, don't be afraid to look at the people you spend the most time with and make sure their values and uh, way of being is aligned with yours. We're talking about keeping your shit together. It takes a tribe. So work on building your tribe or join ours, join our keeping your shit together community on Facebook. Um, Join us on Instagram. Come join us live. If you want to submit questions to me through my website, Michelle at post um, sorry, wrong one, <laughs> Michelle at post international inc.com or Scott, how do uh, they reach you? you? You can reach me through thinkingmagically.com or through sgrossberg at hotmail.com. I'm on all the social media sites, so you can find me there. And uh, with that, thank you all for being here. Thanks for listening to all this. Please, if you're inclined in any way, share your 2020 dreams with us uh, because we want to help you make those realities. And with that, We're going to sign off. Peace. Peace. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.